This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Everybody, welcome. Tales with TR. I'm your host, Terry Ryan. I'm sure you know that by now. And uh, elephant out of the room right away. It's been a long time. I know it's been a while. Why? First of all, I hope you guys can hear me all right. My microphone doesn't work. That's one of the reasons I was procrastinating. Uh, so I just yanked the microphone. I'm using the computer mic. Uh, I thought it was a wire, but it's not. In any case, it's irrelevant, I suppose. My mic doesn't work. So I hope this does, the uh, computer speaker system. So a lot's happened. I, I'm trying to think. I had Riley Cotan, which was a great episode, by the way. We talked a lot about mushrooms, and uh, I've done a few since. Although, um, pretty responsibly, I've been microdosing here and there, and... Uh, couple of nights I did, I, I took a little bit more than a microdose. Um, and I haven't really gone hard yet. I take like a gram or so. But in, in any case, in any case, I'm going to, I'm going to get there. But that's not why I have, uh, point being, I'm very, I'm very intrigued by all this mushroom talk. I always classified it as some uh, crazy, you know, drug. Along the lines of acid, which I guess it is, I guess it is, but I didn't realize it had so many healing properties. Riley Cote was a great episode. If you're listening to this and you didn't listen to that one, please do yourselves a favor. I don't even have a guest today. Um, I just figured, you know, the, 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 the computer's here. I haven't done one in a while. I'm in a mood, so I figured I'd do this. Uh, why haven't I? Guys, you know, I, it's just paying bills, man. I, I, I hate to keep sounding like Debbie Downer, but. I know a lot of us have had a hard time, but I, I've got to uh, really hustle to pay whatever I've done. I've I've got myself a little bit of debt. I don't think much more than the average person or, or definitely divorcee. Although, you know, that's a great relationship. Right? Danielle, as far as exes go, is awesome. And I'm certainly not bound to pay any more money than I think I deserve to pay. And, uh, you know, we spent a lot of time together anyway. We raised penny lane together. I'm just saying that, uh, you know, my car was stolen. That wasn't great. So listen to this. Listen to this story. My car gets stolen out of the driveway. I don't know, man. What I, I love the car, though. It was a Dodge Journey. And it just, it, 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 surprising to me. I've had a lot of vehicles. If there's one thing I splurged on when I had a big contract, that was it. I always had a sports car on the go. There were like two at once, but I had a Camaro. I had a Corvette. I had a 1972 Mercury Cougar. That was pretty cool. I lived in Colorado Springs. I had another Camaro. 
uh, convertible. So, I mean, I this Dodge Journey was far from that, but it was great. I, I loved it. it. It was spacious, ran well. Um, I really didn't have a complaint. Anyway, I, I was packing it up one day with Penny Lane. So um, whatever it was, I was about to do background uh, acting on one of the shows that's in town here now, the Surreal Tour or Hudson Rex. I think it was Hudson Rex. I'm hustling, right? Like I'm just, I'm, I'm doing, I, I, it's not really predictable. I'm, I'm a daily, I'm a, on call with both shows. I'm helping to run Turkey Joe's. I'm trying to get this book out there. Uh, you know, I just don't have much time for podcasts, to be honest. Hopefully that changes, but yeah, it's just not a priority. That's, a, you know, that's it. It's a, it's about surviving and check to check isn't fun. Uh, especially not knowing when the next check is going to come. So that's it. That's, that's kind of why. But, but anyway, anyway, I always fucking digress. I hate myself when I do that. Honestly, some of these interviews or some of these podcasts, I don't even know why anybody listens to them. But, but anyway, I honestly don't. I have no idea. I wouldn't listen to myself ramble, but hey, teach their own. You're here, you're listening. And I appreciate that, I guess. Um, anyway, so I, I was packing it up with a bunch of stuff and I had my hockey gear in there, packing up for the weekend, basically. Penny Lane and I were out there. It was the summer, really. It was, it was August. It was a hot day. Someone must have seen me doing it. And I, again, I always check the car in my head to see if it's locked. I would have sworn that I did it that day, but who knows? I do remember as I'm, you know, putting everything in. I, and to make that point clear, I was doing some background in these shows. I didn't know what I'd have to wear. Yes, they provide clothes, but often you bring your own. So that's why whoever would have if they were looking at me, I was cleaning out the car and I was just putting hockey gear, a bunch of extra clothes in there for the weekend, whatever. So it was an, an above average day as far as things in my vehicle. I, I'm assuming someone saw that. Penny thinks maybe I left the keys on top of the car, something like that. I mean, I'm really not sure. I know that in the morning we got up to take her to her soccer practice and the car wasn't there. And that's never happened. Looking back, it was funny because honestly, I, I just, I thought, what could have possibly happened? I called my parents, Danielle, like, did, did you guys come and get the card? It took me like a couple hours to realize that my car had been taken right out of the driveway. So anyway, I call it in, but I don't expect to get it back. But the officer says, yeah, you know, normally you do get it back. And I don't know if that's something to do with being an island. I mean, where are you going to go really, right? So they went on a bit of a joyride because there was, I went when I went to get it uh, from the Avalon towing, it had a bunch of shit in there that wasn't mine. I mean, like stuff from the Avalon Mall, uh, bags with receipts with things still in them. I don't know if they were in the middle of their spree or what, but the car was littered with shit from other people's houses. There was about six or seven shaving kits. And I know one of the hockey arenas got broken into, uh, or at least the parking lot. Maybe I'm assuming maybe that was the case uh, because, you know, just there was a lot of things in there. It was a full-on firefighter's outfit. I don't know if that guy ever got it back. I won't mention his name, but it was written on there. So these guys were on a joyride, or girls. It's going to be guys, I suppose. Um, and uh, so anyway, it took a while. The cops had to come and, and check it out and, and really do some kind of report on all the shit that was in there. So we're looking at like a month and a half now. And, and, and you know, and I didn't get a vehicle, so I won't even say who my insurance is with. But I called him. I'm like, 
what the hell's going on? Like I, I should at least have a vehicle. I was riding my bike, loving life, of course. You follow me on Instagram, you'll know that. And I, I work downtown St. John's part time or Turkey Joe's. Or TJ's pub now, probably changed the name. And it was nice, but then it started to get colder. And I'm like, you know, and on top of all that, the insurance company should provide me with a car. So they got me one for only for one week. So about a month and a half, I was out of a vehicle. So anyway, so they get back to me and they say, okay, this is what we feel the value that your, your vehicle is worth right now, because I guess it was written off. Now, it didn't look like that. There was some problems. I don't know if we hadn't even gotten to the engine yet. I don't know if they, um, you know, ran it into the ground or whatever, but it didn't look too bad, but I had to report the problems. So like, you know, there was some dents on the outside and the inside, there was a rip in some of the cloth from the seats. It really, really was drivable and I loved it, but I had to report that because I didn't do it. And what if I get a job in a week from now or a month from now, whatever, that, that has a company vehicle, then I'll have to sell the one I got. And if it's fucked up, it's not my fault. So I reported all those problems. Anyway, came back written off. So, so I got a check. I knew it was coming for $10,400. Okay. So I owed 12,000 something on the vehicle. I didn't even realize that when the check was coming for 10, four, I assumed that's what I owed. I don't know how I get insurance for less than, you know, anyway, it wasn't my fault. There was absolutely no problem. The thing got stolen out of the driveway. So now here we are. Bad luck, Terry, bad fucking luck, whatever. So, I'm at wit's end, but I'm like, whatever, I'll just get a new vehicle. So in my mind, I'm thinking, now these payments that I'm making on the journey, I think they were 127 bucks every couple of weeks. Very manageable. I didn't even ever really notice it. I had my own account there for it. It's one that I sell, the, the, the one that um, I use for my books, right? So I always make sure to have like 500 bucks in it. And you know, when I sell some more books, I put it into that account. It was pretty much for paying car payments and that's it so so i always had something in that account and um anyway i just figured i'd still be make those payments take the ten thousand four hundred, and go buy a car with that money that's what i thought so i call up the checks sure enough the checks in the mail right it was like three or four days later dude i'm talking to steven it seemed like a great guy by the way but he was like okay the check's coming uh from new brunswick so I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. It's not here yet. So I found a couple of vehicles I was interested in, a Nissan Juke, that was pretty nice. Uh, Corolla, you know, you can always rely on those, but you know, they're boring. But anyway, I was going to go get one. And it's funny because um, Penny Lane and I were talking, she loves, we had a friend, um, we call him Mario, uh, Blair Downey, Blair Downey. And, he's my buddy from childhood. He has a daughter, McKenna, who's in Penny Lane's class. So they're friends. And Mario, we call him, has a um, convertible black Mustang and she loves it. But I was trying to explain to her, I'm like, I can't, if I have one vehicle, Penny Lane, like he's a lawyer, he's got a, a, without depressing or saying, you know, he makes a lot more money than I do. And that's his like second or third vehicle, right? God love him. I said, you know, I can't get a Mustang as my only vehicle. Again, trying to let, I, I, and she can't really put this together because again, in her mind, I played in the NHL. I'm an actor, I'm in these shows and all the people that she knows or, or at least through TV and stuff that do those things are rich or at least well off. So I'm sure at some point soon, she's going to be going, Daddy, why do you live in a little tiny apartment? Mount Pearl, 
and why do you only have that? <laughs> anyway, 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 whatever. That's depressing enough, but it's funny. Um, so she wanted that. I'm like, there's no way. But then I, I just typed in sports cars and I saw Dodge Charger came up. Now there's some Dodge Chargers that are all wheel drive. Sure enough, there's one, one in the area I live in. There's only two in all of Newfoundland and the other one was, you know. But this one is in St. John's. And the dude, I, I got a few friends, mutual friends, and he's a pretty good guy. He's got a really great job. He's a professional. Nice fellow. I'd never met him. But I knew he took good care of this car. So it's a Dodge Charger. It's all-wheel drive. So Penny Lane and I went up to look at it. And, fuck, I was like, I got to get this thing. And he had a slightly, what do you call it? Not souped up. I guess you could say that. But anyway, he's got this thing that connects to the engine and and, and anyway gives it a higher performance he's got like a the interior lights are red and it's it's a straight black car so it looks kind of cool at night and he's got the red anyway he's also he says at the very end of me looking at this car he said and you know i can take this out if you want but there's this one thing with the horn and i press it and it's the dukes a hazard horn um whistling dixie song i think it's called anyway it's deadly so Every time I press the horn, the Dukes of Hazard comes out. So most people think this is shitty, but I'm loving it. And Penny Lane is loving it. So I said, this is definitely the vehicle I'm getting. And it's funny because when I left, I went down, we visited my parents right before I went to pick up the car. When I left, she goes, come on now, come back with something responsible. I know you. Now, this is half responsible. It's an all-wheel drive. But, you know, going into the winter, it's a Dodge Charger with the Dukes of Hazard horn. But anyway, I fucking loved it. So the check was coming the next day, and I knew that. So this guy wanted the money because there was people outbidding me for it. So, we, you know, he said, you know, you wanted it first. And uh, I don't know what the other person offered, but I know it was right around that. So I said, here, how's an extra couple hundred bucks, whatever, for your trouble? I'll have it for tomorrow. Dude was pretty cool. And I called a friend, to be honest. And I was like, okay, look, my check's coming tomorrow. So... Do you mind just floating me X amount of dollars and I'll pay you back with the check? Fine. No, no sweat at all. Not even, didn't even give it a thought. So I, that's exactly what I did. And I went to pick up the vehicle, all good, paid for it with the check my buddy gave me. The next day, the check comes from the insurance company and it says to Terry Ryan and CIBC Bank. I'm like, what? Then I go up to CIBC. I find out that I've got a $12,800 loan, whatever. This money that I got, the $10,400, can only be put towards the loan. I don't know that. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm making this payment. What's the problem? I'm going to keep making the payment. I need this money here to pay my friend back with the car that I bought for the car that I bought yesterday with his money. Anyway, what a racket. What a racket. So it couldn't happen. So then I was like, you've got to be shitting me. So... I called my buddy, I apologized, and I said, I'm just going to go hard, man. And I just, I called into the, like I said, I'm part-time at TJ's pub. You know, I'm selling some books. By the way, if you want a book, get it from me, for fuck's sakes. You buy it at Chapters or Costco or some shit, I get 50 cents. I'll send it to you for the same price plus plus shipping. You get it at Chapters anyway. And at least then I make a few bucks. But anyway, I buy them at Costco. We sell them for 25 bucks signed or whatever, right? So it's five bucks for a signature. Anyway, anyway. 
I, I hate to even do that, but whatever, it's COVID and it's a form of employment. Uh, but anyway, so that's it. So then I had to go hard. So I called both shows. I, I can work on crew or I can act, right? So I got, I uh, did a couple of, uh, I think, what are they called? SSE or special safety stuff. Anyway, I played an office. I paid a SWAT team dude because I've already been uh, a character. I was a villain in episode nine of Hudson and Rex. So you can't really see my face anymore. So I can't really go in and do regular background work. But SWAT team, where you don't see the face, you know, you get the mask. I can do that. So I'm, I'm winning, did that. And then I'm, I'm also work set dressing where I built some sets, you know, when, when needed and locations, which I've talked about before is basically jump how high, whatever they need on set production system. Uh, and I did some background acting. So I, I was just doing all of it at, the, at once, whatever I could do. And once I helped my buddy build a deck, I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, I'm not a carpenter or nothing, but I was just helping him. So that was it, you know, long way around it, but I, I just, you know, this money's tight, like for everybody right now. Uh, normally, I would be at least flying around and doing some public speeches. I mean, I had some queued up. And those are pretty, you know, those are a big part of my income. Um, or, or at least piggybacking them and going like the golf tournaments and having a little speech and maybe selling some books. Or the summer, I didn't even really speak. I don't think I went up to um, Summerside, Atlantic Bubble, right? It couldn't go any further than that. And we had the Atlantic Bubble open for a while. Now it's closed. More COVID on the go. But usually, you know, I'll, I'll fly to, you know, wherever, you know, do a public speech of some sort. Usually it's at a golf tournament, maybe some comic relief for, for a serious charitable uh, cause. You know, go up and tell a few jokes. Really, I, I really only tell hockey stories. Most people that listen to this have probably heard most of them. Um, the two books I got are hockey stories. Lots more coming. Uh, but anyway, that's that. The new book, I haven't really plugged it on here much. Plates, Film, and Folklore. Um, I believe uh, I believe it's doing all right. I don't really see numbers, right? I only see people that are sending me messages, want a personalized copy. And around here, again, we can't fly anywhere, but I'm going to chapters and it's sold out frequently. So I'm, I'm assuming it's, well, I know it's selling well here in Newfoundland, but that doesn't surprise me my hometown, right? St. John's, Mount Pearl. And I played hockey all over Newfoundland and it's a small province. So I, you know, and I still play senior hockey. So my finger's on the pulse when it comes to hockey in Newfoundland. And I have a good relationship with the hockey community and the sports community, uh, you know, and the arts community. Fuck, they really supported me. I went in on set one day and I sold 15 books, I think. Um, and the whole middle part of the book is about, um, film you know my life in that world so anyway that's that if you'd like a copy uh hit me up uh, on my email address uh e-transfer and all that shit terry ryan 2020 at gmail.com uh instagram terry ryan 2020 twitter terry ryan 20 hit me on any of those and i'll hook you up with a book um you know i i had some things written down every i think i mean i don't think i've done a podcast since when i'll be in I'm going to talk about that, but um, one thing, Patrick Marlowe, I just, I, I don't know why, out of all the things to talk about, I'm talking about that, but there was some question on whether he was a Hall of Famer. Oh my God, of course he's a Hall of Famer. Um, I can't remember which show. I listened to a, um, 
Hockey Central a lot. Um, the sports net. I listen to O Dog and uh, Noodles and Brian on Overdrive. Um, you know, I, t- I try to even that uh, Jim Rome. Pardon the intro- interruption. I-, I listen to as many sports programs as I can. Um, for many reasons, but personal knowledge is one, but you know, you'd like to be able to interact with fans of sport, not just hockey, uh, but yeah, Marlowe. And a lot of people said, you know, don't you think it's, I, I mean, a few brought this up that it's, it's a shame that Patrick Marlowe is going to beat Gordie Howe's record, but I don't think it so at all. I mean, records are made to be broken and you know, I've heard the words that he's just been steady, average, Jesus, man. Look at how many years I'm, I'm reading his goals. 28, 28, 34, 32, 19, 38, 44, 37, 30, 17, 33, 17, 48 games, 33, 19, 25, 27, 27. Jesus. The Leafs, 2017, 18, he had another 27. The next season, he had 16. He went up to San Jose, 58 games uh, last year, and he had 10 goals. And, you know, he was in a very limited role. So 2021, he comes back. Okay, he's going to come back with San Jose. A lot of people say, well, they're going to give him his 20 games and then, you know, he'll be done with it. But I still think he's okay. I mean, maybe maybe he's playing to chase that record more than anything, but I don't think it's a farce. The other thing, I remember when I was in the AHL in the late 90s, Gordie Howe came back. It, it was either with Detroit or I'll look for that. He came back to play because he wanted to play in five in, in or more decades, not more than five, I guess, six decades in a row. What would it have been? 50s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. I suppose he wanted to play in the 90s, was it? Or did he want to play in the 2000s? Let's see. Gordy Howe. Which, my point being, that would have been strictly for the record. I mean, it's not like he was out helping the Detroit Vipers. Gordy Howe, DB. Here we go. Okay. I remember this shit. Yes. 97, 98, Detroit Vipers. Now, Gordy would have been 60, 70 years old that year. So obviously he wasn't going out to contribute. He was going out to say that because he played in 79, 80. Okay. So technically he played in the 80s decade and he wanted to play in the 90s decade. You know, that's merely an asterisk. Anybody could have done that. Santa Claus could have done that. I love Gordie Howe now. Don't get me wrong. One of the best ever. Please don't put him ahead of Lemieux Gretzky or Orr, though. But one of the best ever. I'd probably put him fourth, in my opinion. But longevity does mean something. Um, in his case and in Marlowe's case. If you can last, especially in today's NHL, that fast, there's so many things you can make a case for Marlowe. First of all, to last that long is just amazing anyway. But through those eras, Marlowe started in the 90s to come in through now. So to go from that era that was, you know, a slower brand because of the red line and hooking and holding and whatever. And then to still play now and still contribute. Not only, and this much older. So his body sl- must have slowed down. That's life. That's biology. But, I mean, his play on the ice has, yeah, it's tailed off. but above expectations for a guy over 40, he still can contribute. He can still play in the NHL. I remember watching, you know, right up until now, I didn't really see him play with Pittsburgh much. 
I know it happened. I didn't watch those games this summer. I wouldn't judge him on that, on the summer of COVID hockey. But anyway, I think he's a magical player. Uh, I think he's a great guy. He came into the Western League when he was 16, and I was 18. Was I? 19. Um, and we lost out to Lethbridge. Damn it, we did. I was with Red Deer. We lost that. Lethbridge ended up playing Seattle and beating them. But he led Seattle to the Western Division title. He was a great player. He never made it past uh, the 17-year-old year in the Western League, obviously. Uh, so, yeah, I do think Patrick Marlowe deserves everything he achieves. And, um, well, anybody who deserves what they achieve. I mean, he deserves the credit for anything he achieves here. Um, Gordie Howe or no Gordie Howe. Not taken away from Mr. Hockey. Good Lord. What a professional. And what a great ambassador for the game. Everything else. Gordie Howe, can't say enough. Gordie Howe hat trick will forever be. I mean, if nothing else, if nothing else, if not for the Mr. Hockey moniker, for nothing else, and for playing till he was 50 fucking two, are you shitting me and still contributing? Gordie fucking Howe skating around with no bucket and white hair. Holy shit. Jesus. It's fucking unbelievable to think about. It. But, but, and, and not only that, he lost games like in the NHL because of the WHA and all that. And he took fucking all those years off and could add even more. But regardless, Patrick fucking Marlowe to stay healthy that long, in, 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 to, to overlap eras, Jesus, to score. He scores still. Yeah, he, well, you didn't win the fucking Art Ross trophy, but a lot of years with 20, 30, 40 goals. Come on. So anyway, there. Patrick Marlowe, good luck to you. Congratulations on everything you've done. What else? Uh, I'm going to have a guest soon. So my next guest is going to be this week. It was going to be today. I couldn't get him. Ryan Power, great guy. Uh, Ryan is here from Newfoundland. He's still the fastest Newfoundlander I've ever seen play. I mean, at this guy, if someone just in this day and age of like specialty roles, used to be when I was coming through, for the most part, your top 12 forwards, say maybe team. Let's just talk that position forward, right? And if then you, you know, the fourth line would just have to play fourth line kind of system. But in your organization, the 12th forward was, you know, the most talented and, or not the most talented, it, it, it was depth chart kind of thing. If you were the 12th best forward, you made it and they made you into a fourth line or whatever. For the most part. And then specialty roles, you know, well, obviously the goon specialty role was there. I hate using that word. The tough guy role was there, but, you know, not a lot of guys, you know, like Joe Thornton, he first made the NHL. He was on the fourth line. Right. He nearly gets sent back to junior. But I remember that. Right. Because, you you know, you come in. I was on the fourth line. Right now, you now you'd get like a first round to come in and you'd only be trying out and in a lot of cases for the first two lines. It's still it's not completely gone the other way. But. But, you know, so. Role. Yeah, I mean, you're going out there. And a guy say I'm rambling. Perfect example. My good buddy here from Newfoundland. I skate with him still all the time. Uh, he's signed with Carolina. And I think he'll play. We signed with him. He's got 21 games and scored a goal last year. What a shitty, what an awesome shitty came to my mind because I love him and I rib him. But check out Clark Bishop's NHL goal. It's great. It's his only goal so far. It's great, though, to, for, to have one goal. 
but anyway, Clark's an example. Clark will have like, I don't know. I remember I, I keep up with all the noobs, uh, you know, say in like 30 games in the American Hockey League, Clark might have two goals and four assists and get called up. Right. And people go, well, that's amazing. They're just maybe seeing if he's good in the future. And I'm like, no, that's what they want him for. He's a two way player. He's very if you want Clark to play offensive, fucking right. So he can play offensive. Check it out. I can't really remember. I could be here. Hockey DB and all these guys, but I love going off my mental uh, Rolodex. And I think Clark had 70 or 80 points in the Quebec League, uh, which is not bad at all. Uh, he can definitely snipe. I, I mean, I watched him growing up, but you're, you're in a defensive role, right? And then it's different. You're there and you want to take face-offs. You want to be out there late. You want to, uh, in the game, uh, you want to block shots. You want to shut down other teams' opponents. Or other teams' opponents, listen to me. They're off the mushrooms. You want to shut down the other team's top lines? I mean, you know, a lot of coaches look at it and say, you know, I don't want you concentrating on trying to bury the biscuit when, you know, I want to want you to be the best defensive player you can be and, and you know, play into a new role. And I I mean, that's the way the game's going. I'm not complaining when I say that. I'm just saying, you know, there's that's the way it goes now. The game's changed a little bit. But guys like that, Jesus, I'm certainly not putting Clark down. What a player. Jesus. We skate uh, two, three times a week, and he's so powerful. Great attitude, too. I hope he gets many, many more NHL games in. The OHL. So people were wondering about the OHL. Should we? Because the OHL I'm hearing is going to go ahead with no hitting. First of all, I can't see that happening. But anyway, if they say it is, they say it is. So here's my thoughts. Okay, first of all, I think it stunts development. So that's, I would never play with no hitting. It's hockey. I'm not, I get it. And in my book, I address, plug, plug, I address the hits and the fights and all that. And I get it. It's physical. And I get some people don't like that. But we can't make it completely pansy-ass. We, we, we just can't do that. Um, I love, it's a bad way to put it. Of course, 2020, I'll probably get 10 fucking death emails for that. Let's not say pansy ass. Let's just say we can't go pure finesse, pure, right? We can't, we can't. Because outside of the fact that we're going so fast and hitting, if not fighting, but hitting at the very fucking least has been part of the game for a long time. There's boards, we got sticks. There's a lot of shit that goes on out there and people get upset and, and it's very, very physical. There's nowhere to go. You can't run out of bounds. It's the way so, so, and it's the way that we police the game ourselves, whether it's fighting or whether it's hitting. And, and, and policing may be even a bad way to put it. The first, the, the, the thing about hitting, if you take down the beer bones, the way I learned it, I wasn't a good hitter. I really wasn't. I'd finish all of them that I could. So I'd love it against the boards, though. I hated open ice hitting. It was worse on me than it was on the other person. I sucked at it. And I knew that they could, like, fucking put a guy out for the year. And I really wasn't interested in doing that. That's the truth. If someone gave me a reason, I'd want to go out and fucking embarrass you in front of your own fans. But I never had a malicious hate on you to want to hurt people for no reason. Some people did. God love Bird Dog. God rest his soul. There was players like that. Um, you know, it wasn't fun to go in front of the net with Pronger. You can go out, you know, you talk about guys that were out there, no consequences, didn't give a fuck. That made them better. Gave them a streak. Just saying I wasn't one of them. If you piss me off, I would definitely answer the fucking bell. Just saying, the game starts. I'm not looking 
to see Marty St. Louis coming through the middle with his, I remember using that example because I remember seeing it in Fredericton. He came, he played in St. John in the A. He came through and I, I just, I was like, I don't have it in me. I don't want to, you know, just having gone through it myself, and the, the head goes back and the jaw comes together and the fucking post-concussion starts. So I'd, I'd normally, but I'd, I'd fucking go to hit you across, along the boards though. But you know, it's a shoulder on a shoulder and I don't want to claim that I was a complete fucking angel. And I was out there, you know, trying to breathe at you and, and, and you know, fucking, you know, out there making friends happen fucking backsides all game. No, that wasn't me either. I appreciated when people respected me out there. Yes, I did talk to the opposition many times, but they knew that I'd fucking go if I had to, man. They knew that. Just saying. I wasn't like, I, when I was on the ice, I wasn't thinking like, Physicality first. I was thinking, how am I going to get that puck in the net? That's my natural state of mind when I'm out there. You know, that changes. But um, when different roles come in, I don't even fucking know what I was talking about. Oh, the OHL. Jesus, fuck, do I digress. So I just talk, I talk, I talk, I talk. I got a thousand things running through my head. This is why I like the mushrooms, by the way. I'm not on them right now. But as you can tell, I just, I have a thousand thoughts going through my head at once. That's how I can do it. That people ask me, you got all those fucking, you're rambling. I think I got ADHD. I've never been fucking told it or, or tested, but there got to be something. I live with it. It's all good. This isn't, this isn't me complaining. It actually gets a lot done. I'm glad I got these quirks. Probably wouldn't have written a book and shit if I didn't. But um, yeah, if I got to write a chapter, I got to talk or something like this. It's mu I'm much better if I have a little bit of CBD or even better on the right of mix of mushrooms and think clearly without having a thousand thoughts. Any case, outside of hurting the players and everything else and the year of their development and and all that, think about it if you're an owner in the O. What's the point, right? The point, okay, the point, yes, you might say to develop the players, but it's also to win. And some teams might tell you that it's number one to develop their players. That's certainly what Tri-City said to me. And they would have had an argument, right? Damon Lankow, myself, Brian Boucher all went in the first round in 95. 96, Yaroslav Sekovsky and Dan Fogt went in the first round. We had five first rounders in two years. Scott Gomez, what, the year after that or, or one or two years after that? Kerry Price? After that, Tri-City churned out fucking picks. And I think, without getting specific on names, half our team more than half our team in Tri-City, and we were pretty good. We were average. We made the division final against Kamloops, got knocked out in six. We were all right. But, uh, you know, well over half the team um, went pro. So point is, they might have had an argument, but, you know, you're still trying to win. Though. You're still trying to win. That's a point. You're trying to win. And there are some owners that don't give a fuck about developing. They want to win. And that's fine. Because with that comes development, right? An owner's an owner. You leave that shit to the coaches and everything else. But now, what if you were shaping your team, right? Let's just say I'm going to use Owen Sound, or that, I'm going to use London as an example. Um, but it, this is really only my thoughts and a total hypothetical. Let's say London have a decent team they were going to challenge for the Memorial Cup. Or at least the OHL championship, okay? Because I don't know if each team is going to, each league is going to do it. Let's say they were going to go for the OHL championship and they've got a good squad to do it. But now the rules change. Now the last three guys they cut are all, let's say the last six, 
because there's no hitting all year, right? Are of the mold of Johnny Goudreau. And I love Johnny Goudreau, Goudreau, but the reason he's Johnny Goudreau and he's so good is because not everybody that size can play in the NHL. People say, oh, way more now, dude. I don't really buy that. I never have. Steve Sullivan, I remember him. Oh, fuck, lots. There was lots. There was lots. But let's just take him at first. He, he was my favorite small player for a while. Um, but he existed. Right? Theo Fleury, I could keep going. Um, but anyway, there's still not a lot of them. And I don't know. The average size is slightly, slightly more than it was when I played. I've had this argument. I don't know what people talk about. The game might favor the smaller players that do make it more than they did, I guess. But if the average size is bigger now, then don't tell me there's way more small players. There can't be. It's fucking math. But anyway, um, it's still an anomaly. My point is to be that small and to be that good. But if there's no hitting, now all of a sudden, everything changes. Think about in the NHL if there was no hitting. There's all kinds of players that all of a sudden, now I don't want to take away from what they might bring to the team, but Ryan Reeves would be obvious. But there's all kinds of other players. There's lots of third or fourth liners that are fairly uh, big that use their body. Uh, who's that kid that got cancer? O'Brien Boyle, for example. You know, a big body that's really underrated talent-wise. Um, and I just, again, he's just the first guy came to my mind. I don't have looking at stat sheets. But you know what I mean? There's players like that, that all of a sudden now, oh, wait, 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 there's no hitting? Okay, well, let's take little Johnny Speedster over here, right? Who's 5'6 and 150. But again, there's no hitting. Let's say now you can't use your body physically. I know this physical, and there's still going to be a level of physics to it that it, it favors a bigger player. Look at Mario Lemieux, right? Mario Lemieux wasn't overly physical. He was purely finesse. A guy like that comes along is like lightning in a bottle. But like I'm saying, and I got nothing against the smaller player, but the thing is there is hitting in hockey and it is physical. But if you're going to shape a team around a championship, if it's me and I was only thinking about, I know what I would do. I would obviously go with the best kids and I would continue the path as if nothing changed. But a lot of people wouldn't. A lot of people are going to go to win it. And then these kids that come in there and, and, and it's going to knock people off who are actual prospects. And then, you know, with no hitting, these guys that come in might even, or, or girls, or girls. And I don't mean that in a fucking bad way at all. If you take hitting out, though, I'm sure that the best girl around would have to challenge for a spot. No. And again, if she did, more power to her. But it's not real because the next year there's going to be hitting again. So I don't know. On one side, that would be a great story. And I think, yes, if there was no hitting, I definitely think girls could play. I don't think there would be a lot of them. But I mean, the, look at that girl. You know what solidified that thought for me was that Kendall Schofield girl, was it, that that nearly beat McDavid at the freaking fastest skater? Now, I know it's only skating. And I'm not saying that a lot of women would have been. Some woman would definitely come along. If they haven't already, what if Haley? I don't know. I don't. I don't. I watch. I do watch women's hockey, but it's relative. You're only seeing them play each other. But I don't know. What if Haley Wickenheiser came along? I mean, when I was in Cincinnati, they nearly brought her down to play. So they must have thought she could play in the East Coast League. Didn't she go to Finland and play? What if there was no hitting? You know, 
or, or Cami Granato or these girls. I mean, you would have to think they'd be okay if they're the best women in the world. And I'm watching them on TV dangle. Again, I, I'm, I'm watching. It's all relative when you're watching the same people play the same level people. But and would that be a bad thing? Not necessarily. If you were to take hitting out completely, then of course it might be a good thing. But everything from getting people's hopes up that wouldn't normally be there to like uh, to having not get an opportunity uh, because the rules change for a year would be an absolute travesty. I, I think that's a stupid thing. And I, I don't know if not, the OHL should disband and those players, I don't fucking know. I, I don't know the answer, actually. I would fuck over the players as well. I, I don't know. Outlaw League, I, I don't fucking know. I was going to say, you know, maybe the players should go over and play in the queue or the, oh, you can't do that, then you're knocking all the other kids out. I don't know. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. But to have the league with no hitting, I, I, I don't know. I, I just don't know. It's not hockey, and then you're not. These people have to get drafted. Don't they? There's going to be a draft. So then you're going to have a lot of people playing in this non-hitting league that aren't even. How do you how do you judge that? Oh, yeah, great. Oh, fuck. That's great. You got 102 goals with no hitting. Awesome. Unfortunately, kids, there's hitting in the NHL. So welcome to fucking 8,000th overall. I mean, anyway. How long have I been talking? I'm not sure. I'm going to cut this short. I just wanted something fucking out there. Okay. Um, I hope everybody has a great holiday. I'm going to be back real soon. Um, I just, and I haven't been in the best of spirits, to be honest. Um, that happens, but uh, just up and down, man. It's, it's life is a roller coaster of emotions. I don't want to get too personal. Nothing I can't handle, but. Financial woes often, uh, it's the most frustrating to me because I could have, you know, I shouldn't be in this position. Whatever I did, I, I've had a lot of success and a lot of great stories in my life, but I just haven't managed money the right way. And, but I, I, a lot of people can say that too, right? Um, and I know looking back, it's not about that, but like, honestly, when you're, when you're not sure if you can pay your bills, man, there's no worse feeling. It chases you around, right? You're not, you're always thinking, but no matter what you're doing, you're at the rink, you're having a Gatorade, you're down to the bar, you're talking to your friends, whatever you're on, you're, you're going for a fucking run, you're riding your bike, whatever. You don't have to be consciously thinking about it. But if you don't know if you can pay your fucking bills the next month, whenever they're coming, it's not a good feeling, okay? Now, me and about fucking 90% of the rest of the population is going through that uh, or have been going through that in 2020. And I'm squeaking by. Just saying. It gets highly frustrating sometimes. And personally, I think that I should have played my cards. But I mean, we all know that. First of all, I blew seven figures. So that's a problem. <laughs> Fuck. So like, I got no one. I, I really, and in the end, I mean, I can always smile about it. It's just, I wouldn't even care either if it was check to check, if it was just, if I knew it was check to check. But the things that I do aren't steady paychecks. They're like, I'm, I'm calling and shit like that. And it's, you just never know. Uh, so there, so I'm begging you <laughs> to buy my book. No, no, seriously, that's not why I'm doing this. I needed the fucking, 
podcast out there. I needed to get back in a mind frame that I actually have one because I was starting to get to the point that it was a thing in the past. Uh, this isn't a knock on the people at the Hockey Podcast Network, uh, Dylan and Isha in particular. Really, guys, love you guys. Um, I just, for all you know, many reasons I mentioned, and many that I probably won't because they're buried in my subconscious, and that can come out in therapy in three or four years when I'm fucking falling off a bar stool. <clears throat> no, I'm kidding, but, you know, that's it. I just didn't feel like doing a fucking podcast. Now I do. So thank you for listening to Tales with TR. If you are local, support local. I'm going to try to do that for Christmas. I went online yesterday to buy a bunch of presents and thought about it. I'm like, you know, each person that I'm buying a present for can probably do with something from St. John's, Newfoundland, right? So I'm going to buy local this year. Um, and I suggest you all do the same. Penny Posh, check out Penny Posh Designs. Danielle's got a great company there, women's hoodies. Unbelievable. Other things too, but the women's hoodies are unbelievable. Check it out, pennyposhdesigns.com, whatever. Shoot me a note on Instagram or something like that if you want one. Um, great deals too. I forget. I think they're like 129 or something. But we'll uh, say, I don't think I'm lying when I say she'll give one away. Or, or give them away at Christmas for $69.99. And I'll throw in a hmm, signed picture. How's that? Or my dad will throw in a signed picture. One or the other or both. Just ask me when you fucking uh, send me a message. They're going over pretty well. We've sold about 30 or 40 through the show. Now, when I say we, I'm doing it for her. It's her thing, not mine. Uh, but it's a great, great, great little thing she got going, Penny Posh. Uh, locally, Wedgwood Cafe, check that out. Do some great catering as well. Green Sleeves on George, unbelievable. Through all this pandemic, Green Sleeves on George continue to churn out some great entertainment. There's less space, obviously, and you, you're sitting down, you're eating whatever. Great, great, great entertainment. I went down the other night, man, and um, I mean, it's the same owner as TJ's. I'm right across the street, so I often go down and have a bite. The last few weeks, like I said, I've been working a lot. I haven't been down, but when I did, Jesus, man, great, great entertainment. It happened to be Nick Earl and uh, Derek Graham and Dave White and Scotty Conway. They were all there separately. Span of a couple nights. There's a bar upstairs called Loose Tie. Actually, it's a restaurant. Loose Tie is pretty, pretty much a five-star restaurant now. They renovated it. But boy, fucking unbelievable. Uh, great entertainment. And uh, as, as of course, TJ's, listen, man, we're social distancing. A lot of people are judging me on, you know, kind of promote the bar. It's our livelihoods, guys. I'm not a fucking idiot, first of all. And I'm not, I don't appreciate the bullshit. And people will fucking send me a message and say, oh, T-Bar, can you wear your mask? I am. But if I'm talking to a fucking camera, I'm not like Health Canada, the or whoever it is. Oh, sorry. The, 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 the Newfoundland. Uh, the NLC actually does most of the policing on George Street as far as the COVID regulations. But, you know, the police do. There's Health Canada. And we get visited frequently from many, many organizations. And we would be getting fined if we broke the rules. But when I'm doing these posts and shit, I'm just trying to make a joke. I'm trying to do something funny to get people into the bar. Now, yes, once they come in, right, we can only have 50 capacities, I think 110. You're allowed half. So we say 50 to be sure, right? Then we have 
you know, the dance floor, we got a pool table on it. There used to be nothing but space. Then we got some tables in and chairs and we space everybody out. And we got a, a couple of couches and fucking 10 TVs put in. Point being, it's somewhere you can hang out. You don't need to be dancing or moving around. Turkey Joe's was strictly a dance bar, right? I get it. But this isn't. And when I do, last night we had a DJ. and I even put a, You can have a DJ, guys, without going out and making out. No one's fucking in the corner. Well, actually, <laughs> probably leads to that. But, you know, we're in there. We can have a DJ and not have people up in each other's faces. I don't know how often I got to keep proving that. People see my post and they come down. They think they're going to fucking catch us. Uh, breaking the rules, and we're not. We're just trying to get by. Half of George Street's fucking closed. This vaccine can't come fast enough. That's why. Shop local. Fucking buy local. Come down to TJ's. If I'm in there, you'll likely get a fucking free beer. To be honest, you come down to see me, you spend a little bit of money. That's my job. Anyway, anyway, I know I'm getting fired up, but Fuck. And the people that are listening to this aren't the people that are giving me shit anyway. Right? You guys probably know the difference. In any case, please know that I'm respecting all this. Um, and it's tough for everybody. Financially, fucking uh, medically, physically, all of it, man. Hardest thing for me, to be honest, is fucking senior hockey. This would have been my last year. I don't know if like, eh, you know, my legs are still fucking going though. I can whirl with the young boys. Uh, I'm kind of kidding there. Uh, but I, you know, I guess technically I can still play senior, but taking a year off at 43 <laughs> and I'm by fucking far the oldest anyway. I just fucking love it. And I know that when I hang up the skates for good, at least, you know, it's never going to be for good, but senior, Senior AAA hockey is, you know, there's hitting. It's there. You're going for the herder. It's very, very competitive. Top rec leagues aren't even close to as competitive. You know, you can fight and hit. And it's the same, same rules as, you know, it's semi-pro hockey. It's great. I love it. But you know, Peter Pan got to grow up at some fucking points. And you know, I just, I, I, I don't feel 43. I know a lot of people say that, but. You know, my best buddies on the, my best buddies are like in their late twenties. It's just, and I'm not trying to chase a fountain of youth. It's just the way it, it all worked out. You know, um, I just still love to play sports. Uh, and I know there's a lot of people out there, man, that, that, that are in the same boat. You're probably missing your local game of soccer or baseball or hockey, whatever it is. Softball. And uh, that sucks. But, you know, there's a vaccine. And I don't want to get into much politically, but uh, and I don't, man. I feel bad for my Republican friends in the States because it's a fucking gong show. But both sides, both sides, man, the far left and the far right. Just I hope they all smarten up. I think in Canada, we're a little bit more in the middle with everything, meaning that people don't flip the fuck out when you have just a differing opinion on something. I've said from the beginning, I don't want to get any hate on this, guys. I don't like Donald Trump. I don't think he's a good leader. I think he's a sook right now. Think about it. He's trying to, he's making a false claim about fraud. And there's millions of people that think this is happening. He's, that's, that's fucking bad for government, for everybody. That being said, 
I love the John McCain. There's people, I love some of the fucking Republican policies. I've said it now. I am getting into what I said I wasn't going to. I just don't like Donald Trump. And I don't want to feel bad and like an outlaw for saying that. I don't fucking like him. I just, I don't give a fuck if it's Joe Biden or Donald Duck or fucking Mickey Mouse or who the fuck it is. I just hope that someone can bring, because it's, it's never one person either. They all got to work together. Now, Biden's got it, but he doesn't have the Senate. So what's the difference? Senate's one thing. The presidency is another. You got to work together. And I really hope that sane minds on both sides can sit the fuck down in the United States more than anywhere because it's gone fucking mad and they can work together. I really hope that's the case. And uh, uh, I get a lot of mail um, from people that are are struggling. I should mention those. I won't mention last names, but Carl, Mike, and Lisa. Um, I'm really appreciate you reading my book, first of all, and identifying with that part. I know what you're talking about there. Um, and again, I didn't write that stuff selfishly. Not selfishly. I was going to say to make you feel better. I kind of did, but as I, as I first wrote it, it was kind of selfish. I was, I was, I was writing stories about fighting. And, and then, then I realized I was watching TV and a few people were talking about post-concussion syndrome. And that you see is really, it, it can lead to anxiety and depression. And that's what I was trying to get at. What I was trying to get at is that brain injury can kind of lead you along that. But some people are born with anxiety, depression, it's hard. but I'm telling you, I know what it's like. And if not, nothing else, a lot of people think you get hit in the head and it might hit some nerve that turns off a switch for anxiety and depression. I don't think that's it. I think it's just not knowing what's wrong. Like I got up every day and I didn't feel like myself and it's a brain problem, not a finger problem. And that would really, but I mean, outside of that, I get anxiety anyway. I think a lot of people get depressed. Like if I, if things are going great for me, it's rare that I'm that depressed, quote unquote. But you know, yeah, over the last couple of months, I get my car stolen. I mean, that, that I honestly, whatever material goods don't bother me. I laughed at that at first. It's just when, when you can't pay your bills or something or something happens to your daughter, nothing did. I'm just saying, or you see her in a bad mood. That's happened. Um, or, you know, she finds out there's no Santa Claus. Like she just did. That's a week of both. That's a week of bad vibes for me. Right. Um, some people it's not, but you know, I, I just don't like to see innocence lost. Everybody has their own reasons guys. And everybody, uh, I'm sure, has had, not everybody, but a lot of, the vast majority of the population has had some pretty fucking nasty thoughts this year. But uh, it's all going to get better. And why did I use the United States as an example when I live in Canada? Because I think that once this presidency is over with, with Trump, again, it, it could have been fucking anybody. It, I don't know who's who's on the right. That's Marco Rubio. I don't know someone like that. That's just at least classy and not completely self-involved and narcissistic, wanting to make up lies in order to overthrow a whole country. It's fucking nuts. But whatever. I just hope they work together, and and I think that's going to happen, and we're going to have a vaccine, and everybody's going to start to feel good. That's what I think. I think, and it's all going to happen around spring, right? In, uh, in 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 mid to late January, the presidency changes hands, and then I think it might be some animosity there at first, but they're going to have to work together. People are going to be excited to do it. 
Um, and then the spring's going to happen, right? The weather gets a little bit better. The days get longer. That's good. Then all of a sudden, right? The days get longer. You're going, okay, the, the snow's melting. You get your first bike ride, start feeling good. Then the next day's even longer and you're going, yeah, what a fucking time. And this particular year, there's going to be a vaccine and you're going to be going, yes, now I can go to concerts. All of a sudden, the NHL is going to be packed. The, the, the rinks are going to be packed. It's going to be unbelievable. I'm going to wait till I can go up maybe a month or two in and go back to back nights like I often do or Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Friday Leafs, Saturday uh, concert of some sort, hopefully ACDC so I can see them one last time. What a fucking album they got, the new one, Shot in the Dark. I think the album's Power Up. Fucking awesome. But uh, that's my plan and it's coming real soon. And I'm telling you, everybody, we're going to feel so much better. We really are me, you, and everybody else. It's going to be a big time, positive vibe, sweeping not only not only your city, your province, uh, your country, your continent, but the fucking world, man. And it's I think it's going to be one of the happiest times that, how can you really judge that? But as anybody living will remember. Uh, and I see it coming, man. It's around the corner. What goes up must come down. This has sucked and there's a vaccine coming. And there's a positive outlook on the way. I know I've rambled here today. I'm sorry for taking so long. And we will do more podcasts. And uh, Ryan Power coming up soon. One of my real good friends. Interesting cat. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for your patience. Bites Film and Folklore are available now. Any bookstore online. If you want a personal copy, see me about it. Thank you very much. I'm back. Glad to be back. Thanks for having me. Catch you on the rebound.